This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by AgentYouTube.com. Would you like more leads that find you instead of you finding them? Let the YouTube agents show you how. The YouTube agents started making videos with no sphere of influence. This year, they're on pace to close more than 100 sales all from leads generated on YouTube. They put a step-by-step -step video program to show you exactly what to do and what not to do to become a YouTube real estate superstar. Visit agentyoutube.com to learn more and sign up today. That's agentyoutube.com. And now, onto the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I am your guide and host through the show. And guys, we have over 150 episodes now, and that is really exciting. And I encourage everyone who's newer to the show to go back and read through the titles and descriptions of previous episodes, because so much of the content that our guests share is really timeless and could really stand, you know, my idea starting the show was to create a library uh, of the stories of top producers. And we're really proud to say we're, uh, we've, we've hit a bit of a milestone. So we only have done that, of course, because we have listeners. So thank you to everyone who has supported us and who continues to support us. Please remember to tell a friend and follow us also on Facebook. Um, but guys, I just wanted to say thank you. And now on to our interview with the great Sharon Rizzo. Today on the show, we have Sharon Rizzo of the Rizzo Group from Coldwell Banker here in Chicago. Uh, if you're not yet familiar with Sharon, everyone in Chicago who's listening is already familiar, but for our listeners who aren't yet familiar with Sharon, who live elsewhere, let me tell you a little bit about her. Uh, Sharon Rizzo is a familiar name in Chicago real estate. Her 32-year career is peppered with professional accolades, multi-million dollar deals, and industry recognition among local and national developers. More recently, she was a Chicago Association of Realtors Golden Eagle winner, uh, which basically means she was the top agent in the city. And by the way, we should mention, before I continue with Sharon's bio, there are 42,000 realtors in the Chicagoland area. So this is a big, big accomplishment. Um, Sharon, is, she did over 114 million in residential sales. In 2005, Sharon had more than 60 million in sales in one year, making her the number one uh, agent in Lincoln Park. That same year, she co-founded a family-run brokerage with her husband, uh, Santo, and their daughter, Kelly, which later evolved into the Rizzo Group, now at your service through Coldwell Banker Residential Brokerage. And I drive by her office uh, every day on the way into my own office. Um, and obviously, it's a little uh, the streets are a little less crowded at the moment. But um, excited to finally get Sharon Rizzo on the show. So Sharon, thank you so much for being part of the show. Well, you're welcome, DJ. I'm thrilled to be here and good to know that you drive by the office all the time. We're one of the few offices that actually has a parking lot. You have we a have huge parking, parking lot. lot. It's the I know. How cool is that? And for our listeners, Lincoln Park is, is one of the most desired areas in all of Chicago and parking is a massive premium. premium. So you guys have the biggest parking lot of any, of any real estate firm I've ever seen. 
<laughs> I know. Very thrilling. We're all happy about that for sure. Well, tell us a little bit about you. You've been in real estate for, for such a long time and have such an oh, impressive Oh my gosh, uh, for a CV. long time. I know. Now tell for, us how you got started. I know. I was, uh, I had sort of a weird background. I mean, not weird, but an unusual background in that I was uh, an audiologist actually at the University of Chicago. So wow. I, I said, I'm great from the neck up. Uh, treat. Uh, we treated a lot of hearing issues, but mostly I sure. diagnosed hearing problems. And uh, I had a part-time practice there. And then in my much younger days, I was under contract to Playboy Models and traveled about 100,000 miles a year, mostly as a narrator, model, spokesperson for major corporations. Sure. And uh, got married and decided I wanted to have a family. And it probably wouldn't be a good idea to travel 100,000 miles a year with a young family. So I was looking for something not to replace the audiology necessarily, because that was a flexible part-time thing, but to uh, replace the modeling. I was kind of done smiling and being on all the time. So uh, I thought it was a good time. And my husband was uh, with American Invesco at the time, which was sure. sort of the condominium uh, conversion king uh, of the business. And uh, he got me started and got me interested in sales, which I never thought I would be interested in. Yeah. And little by little, I eased into it completely, became a sales manager for them, gave up my practice at the University of Chicago and uh, became a full-time realtor. Um, was also working for NBC a little bit as a broadcaster. So I uh, gave that up as well. And uh, I've been in real estate the rest of my entire career up until wow. now. <laughs> yeah, right. Everything's changed. But um, of course, uh, I'm sure it, you're still trucking along. You have a huge team. We should mention Sharon's team is 15 uh, people at this point, 15 realtors, and um, may even be growing in the future. But um, can you tell us a little bit about why you developed a team? Was there a need at some point where business just became so, so, so big uh, and constant that you needed additional help? Yes, that's exactly what happened. I had been a sales manager in general brokerage for many years anyway, so I was used to managing uh, a large group of people. So it was kind of natural for me. And little by little, I found that people sort of wanted to, to join and it just uh, really grew organically uh, as a result. We were also working on some very, uh, special projects uh, that really required more people than just what my husband and myself could could accommodate. So it grew little by little, and now we have a team of 15, and they are really a diverse, terrific group. I can't speak highly enough of the team. We're very excited. And uh, the sales manager uh, at Coldwell Banker has been so supportive and just terrific. So uh, it's been a great, uh, great opportunity for us with Coldwell Banker. Yeah, I, I am curious to know, and I'm sure our listeners would be curious to know, since you're the head of, of this big team, um, how are you, what are you talking to your team about these days since, you know, right now while we're recording this, uh, probably most of the country is still under a stay-at-home order. Uh, real estate agents are, are likely at home most of the day as well. Um, how are you and your team staying busy? What, what are you guys doing to keep the business running and growing? Well, it's it's interesting that you ask that because tomorrow for 
first Zoom virtual team meeting uh, with, uh, with all 15 uh, members and really going to see how they're doing. Of course, I've kept in touch with them individually anyway. Uh, but uh, they are doing virtual open houses, virtual showings, uh, literally wearing masks and protective gear going up showing uh, homes when, when applicable. Sometimes uh, we specialize a lot in condominiums, of course, being a, a downtown broker, and some buildings do not permit you to even come in. Uh, yeah. some, some buildings aren't even, believe it or not, permitting move-ins and move-outs, which I was a little surprised at. But yeah. uh, so uh, most of it has been virtually. However, one thing that we're trying to get everyone to focus on right now is what is out there that's a really good investment. Because if you can find some really good investments right now, and there are quite a few, uh, it uh, it's, uh, I think, an easier time to get people focused on that, to get buyers focused on that right now. So uh, we're uh, really working on that. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about investments, because I know that's a particular passion of yours to educate uh, other agents about uh, wealth building through, through real estate investments. Um, uh, so can you talk a little bit about you know, how you started Obviously, um, you know, with your history, you, you would have come across investors along the way. But but why, you know, why is this such a passion for you? Well, we started out uh, in condominium conversions. American Invesco was very well known for yeah. converting major high rises like Lake Point Tower, sure. uh, Millennium Center, even which was new construction, which was a little bit different. And because of that, because you have to have a 50% pre-sale, for example, yeah. in most of those buildings, uh, to get that, you really have to focus on investors. And that was very, very popular at the time because interest rates were not as low as they are now, which is another reason to be focusing on it, but enough to where you had very little negative cash flow with about 20% down. And so it was very, very easy and very popular to get investors to buy in condominiums, especially in a conversion because you had a renter already built in. So we started focusing on that very early on and really focusing not so much on selling the real estate per se, but rather what the real estate did for you. Sure. Uh, for example, you know, giving you the, uh, let's say, a vacation home that you've always wanted or sending the kids to college or uh, whatever uh, additional, you know, an independent retirement, for example. So we sure. always focused on what the real estate could do for you rather than the real estate per se. And we were able to build up a very large uh, body of investors that we had that we were also able to refer to some of our team. So uh, that has been very, very, very a, a big part of our business from the very beginning and still is. Yeah, I've always thought that real estate, if it was done with, with the way you were mentioning as an investment, um, is really an annuity at that point and hopefully a cash flow positive annuity. Um, but now with rates being as low as they are, it really creates a lot more opportunities. And I wanted to ask you this because we've had a lot of uh, guests on the show over the years who are uh, real estate investors. And so it seems that, and then of course, with, with my own experience uh, with the realtors at our own firm, we have a lot of investors here as well. Um, and it seems that the prevailing thought, and I'm, I'm saying this for the benefit of the audience who might not be working with investments or investors, 
that a lot of times a realtor might think or a listener might think, well, I don't know any investors. And, and from everyone I've ever talked to, and Sharon, I want to get your thoughts on this, uh, is that the guests will always often say, well, that's actually the easy part. Finding the investor isn't difficult because there's lots of people that are, that are cash flow heavy uh, or cash heavy rather that are ready to, to get a seven to 9% return exactly. um, if that's possible. Um, but finding the deal is the challenge. Like, don't worry about the investors. They'll show up find the deal first. And then, you know, typically the, the finding the money is the easier part. Would you, would you agree with that? Yes, I would. And I think that what's interesting to look at is pre 2008, yeah. uh, when the market crashed, if you will, pre 2008, uh, the interest rates were like seven and a half percent in like 2005, 2006. So if you put say 10% down as an investor and you could get that financing, then you would have a significant negative cash flow. Yeah. But because real estate has always appreciated uh, from the very beginning, even in the 1980s, when it went up to 20%, there was a little bump for sure for a few years, but it jumped right back up. So we never had that big, huge dip <laughs> that we did in 2008. So you always banked on appreciation and sure. didn't care really about the negative cash flow. So in 2008, however, yeah. that, you know, that became a problem and people were let, you know, that's when you had a lot of short sales and foreclosures uh, because people could not support it. But now with interest rates literally being less than half of what they were in pre-2008, now you can put 20% down and not have a negative cash flow. So even if there were a problem down the line, which we don't anticipate that to happen again, like it did in 2008, because a lot of those problems have been connected, like giving a loan to someone who had a pulse. Right. And yeah, right. So as a result of that, you don't have a negative cash flow. So you don't, you're not going to have that kind of a problem uh, that you did with teaser rates that they were giving pre-2008. And then all of a sudden you were left with a, maybe a $2,000 a month negative cash flow on a $300,000 purchase. And oh, a lot of people yeah. couldn't support it. Yeah. Well, and now, and the other thing too about working with investors or, or you know, investment groups is that right now, whereas, you know, realtors aren't as easily able to show properties, a lot of times investors don't need to see the property anyway, right? They just want to look at the numbers and what a great opportunity with rates being as low as they are to find those, those deals and present those to, to them. Exactly. They will, they will buy sight unseen, especially with a good virtual tour. Uh, mm -hmm. Even if you have to do it subject to seeing it down the line, lock in the deal now that I, I was able to do four of them, as a matter of fact, in the past couple weeks, sight unseen, just because of the very low interest rates and some of the great deals that are out there right now. You have to look for them, but they are there. So this is a good question. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you a difficult question that I know is, is one that has, could have an hour-long answer. But wanted to get some tips from you for our, our listeners who haven't yet started to work with investors or find investments. Um, but any ideas about how they can start to educate themselves on uh, different opportunities, where to search for properties. Obviously, the MLS is, is one uh, one area, but then there's a lot of properties that never hit the MLS for investment purposes. Um, so just some suggestions to our listeners, if you don't mind about how they could start to educate about how this all works. 
No, absolutely not, uh, DJ. I think that, uh, first of all, I'd love to find um, A plus B buildings in A plus locations. Sure. And a lot, there are quite a few of those in River North. Uh, high-rise condominiums where they're pretty maintenance-free. Uh, you really can, as an investor, purchase uh, something in one of those buildings and uh, really not have to worry too much about it. They have large staffs, uh, an engineer maintenance person on site in many cases. Uh, and they're also priced right in that sweet spot. Excuse me, can't believe no it. Problem. that, my goodness, uh, in that sweet spot right around, say, two hundred and fifty to $350,000, sure. where yeah, one bedrooms, uh, I generally suggest one bedrooms in that two fifty to three fifty range in a B building in an A-plus location. There are a lot of them, and you will find that you will uh, have uh, very little, if any, negative cash flow with sometimes even 10% down. If you can get that kind of financing right now, 20% down for investors, maybe 25 is easy. Yeah. 20 you can get if you look for it. And uh, it's, uh, that would be my advice is to stick in that sweet, sweet spot between 250, 350,000, generally a one bedroom, maybe a studio where you're going to go down into the say 170 to 200 and, $10,000 range and uh, in a major high rise, but maybe one that's a little bit older, but again, in a great location, that's always going to be sought after. Can't go wrong with that. Yeah, that's very true. And we have to remember too, that right now, I mean, with, with investments, the lending uh, is a little bit different, right? So you're putting probably more down and the rates are slightly higher than if it's a non-investment, yes, yes, but they're yes. still so incredibly <laughs> low. Exactly. Uh, you're going to be, you are going to pay a little bit more, but they're still way low to where it reduces your negative cash flow to virtual. Well, when you consider the tax break and yeah. depreciation, actually, it's probably going to be a slight positive cash flow, which was not the case pre 2008. That's very true. So for everyone listening, by the way, there's a great resource I always recommend to get incredible knowledge. It's probably about the best resource online. It's called biggerpockets.com. It's the largest forum uh, for real estate investors. They just chat back and forth all day and they have podcasts and books and all sorts of wonderful things. But go to Bigger Pockets, and it's a wonderful education because um, it'll connect you with other investors, but also just people talking investments all day. Uh, See, now there's... I'm learning something. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. don't need any education. No, so. I, trust me, I, I, I can always stand to learn something, but I have to remember that. That's really good to know. Well, and, and, you know, and obviously you don't only work with investors too. You work with traditional buyers and sellers, oh, sure. renters. Um, can you talk a little bit of, do you mind sharing a little bit about how your team is structured? Um, is, is everyone working with their own clients or is it, is it a collaborative approach where there's different uh, roles? How do you guys have it set up? Well, we, uh, I, I would say we're kind of flexible on that. Everybody certainly works with their own clients. Sure. Uh, they work both rentals, you know, sales, absolutely. But uh, right now we are um, uh, working on some special projects that involve condominium deconversions. Now, yeah. if someone had told me a few, a few years ago, I wouldn't even... <laughs> 
I didn't even know what that word meant. <laughs> right. Condominium deconversion. How could you ever deconvert yeah. a yeah. large building right. from a condominium to a rental when our specialty had been converting them from rentals yeah. to condominiums? I mean, it was it's just unbelievable what has happened in the past five years. And uh, we have been consultants for a company who has uh, specialized in condominium uh, deconversions, and we've gotten our, our entire team involved uh, in that. So that's some uh, additional, uh, an additional avenue uh, for them, uh, in addition to just general brokerage and having the support of a major company like Coldwell Banker and uh, our sales manager, who's been very active as well in helping to support the team. I wanted to ask as well about rentals. So you've been a, a broker for so long and I'm curious, and there's a lot of realtors who get their license or who are you know, building their business and maybe they're starting out and they're going, well, I didn't get my broker license to do rentals, right? I, I, I want to do big sales, but maybe they don't have a, a lot of sales right now, um, which probably most brokers don't when they start out. Um, and so I've always recommended to, to brokers who have the time to do it, to do rentals, because not only can those people turn into buyers down the road, which hopefully exactly. they will, but you can, you know, learn uh, that it's a more immediate type of transaction. So there's not as long of a lead time. Also, it gets you introduced to the to real estate, uh, the local real estate market. And you can start to learn, of course, of the, the different buildings that support uh, apartments. But just curious on, on what your thoughts are on rentals. Like right now, I know the rental market is, I mean, well, we're supposed to be right in the middle of rental market. Of course, things have slowed a bit with stay at home. But right now in Chicago, normally this would be our, the biggest rental time of the year. Um, I, and just curious your thoughts on rentals. Uh, well, first of all, I totally agree with you. I think it's a, a great way to get started, especially for a new agent, because it takes a while. By the time yeah. you you make your first sale, even if you're doing pretty well, it could be four to six months, where with a rental, uh, you get paid very, very quickly. Like you say, you learn the market, you learn the ropes very, very quickly. Uh, I think that that's a great way to get started, particularly for a new agent. So we highly recommend it. We have a lot of people people on our team who do rentals to support uh, particularly the investors when you we, we right. have such a big investment base that we have to get involved with the rental market to uh, make sure that you're doing full service real estate and giving them the proper service that they need so uh, it, it is great for full service realty as well as getting new agents up and running in the business. I also wanted to ask you about uh, open houses. So right now, open houses have changed. There's no, probably no open houses at the moment. But but when things get back to normal, and of course they will, hopefully sooner rather than later, but um, that'll yet to be seen. But when things do resume normal uh, to normal, um, how important have you found open houses to be? Obviously, from helping the seller, uh, you know, get more marketing exposure to to the property, but also from a broker's perspective, going in and possibly finding buyers to to then work with on other properties. Um, is that an important part of, of what uh, your team focuses on with listings? Uh, I, I think it's important for the seller, for sure. Yes. Uh, and I think it's, it's obviously part of our marketing strategy, assuming that the seller wants uh, a public open house. Sure. Uh, some sellers do not. Uh, right. I do think what is very important uh, is a broker's open house. 
yeah. uh, for listings. And so we always encourage that. And very few sellers would not want you to have a broker's open, but you want to expose as many other brokers to the property as possible. I never count on the fact that I'm going to sell the property through an open house. Sure. Uh, but I certainly want to expose it. And also other brokers will come to an open yeah. house and you still may sell it through another broker through an open house. So I think it's important uh, on many levels because of that. That's a really good point, um, Sharon. And I'm so glad you mentioned the Brokers Open open house because uh, I think you may be our first guest that's talked about that, believe it or not. Uh, and we've done 150 some episodes. So I want to circle back to that. So for, for everyone listening, there is a, you know, the opportunity to do open houses just for brokers is something that is, is somewhat popular here in Chicago and, and in your local market, it may or may not be. Well, what a great opportunity to get other realtors. I mean, it is called a cooperative commission, right? So, <laughs> yes, it is. So, it is. Let's cooperate. But, for a but, reason. But the most successful agents that I have known uh, when they started out, and, and maybe even they still do, although of course right now things things are paused. But when 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 times are, are more normalized, um, the most successful agents I know go to those broker opens. Um, they want to see what the inventory looks like because then they look uh, more professional and, and more knowledgeable to their own clients. So hosting open houses just for brokers is is a wonderful and smart idea. And the people that show up are typically going to be successful agents that want to see what else is out there. So. Uh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. I think the broker's open is really the most important. I think it's actually more important than the typical Sunday open house. Wow. To be honest, I really do. Uh, on many levels, you'll find that brokers who are very experienced, they want to know what's out there on the market, particularly if, it, if there's a shortage. If yeah. they're working with a specific client, they want to preview it. And what a great way to preview it without asking for an appointment without a client. And it's also a great way for new agents. So new people on my team, for example, that's one way that you encourage them to learn the market, yes. uh, to learn what the inventory is at out there and, and to meet other brokers and, and establish relationships. So it has many far reaching advantages uh, beyond just the open house. But the primary reason is to expose that property to as many brokers as possible because they all are working with clients. Yes. So uh, it's, it's very, very important. And it's, uh, there is a particular day, and it's usually Tuesday from, say, 10 to 2. Uh, you can pick hours within that time frame where it's actually advertised on the MLS. That's and, right. Right. And brokers look there and they want to know what is out there, particularly if they're working with a client and they want to preview it. They can go back to their client and say, I saw the perfect property for you. You've got to see this. So it's very important important. Yes. I, so I'm so glad you said that. And uh, thank you for, for that information. And also think, you know, as everyone who's listening, let's think about the propos the value proposition to the seller to be able to say, you know, I'm actually going to do two types of open houses for you. One is going to be for the, and I'm assuming that, that that's what they want, but say, you know, one of course will be for buyers to come in and, and, and view the property, but I'm also going to do a private open house just for other agents in our area, because I want to expose, I want them to see this property. And we're, and by the way, so, so you guys understand, of course, uh, that conversation, but I would, almost bet that if you are up against another agent, uh, you're both doing listing presentations, they're maybe looking at two or three brokers, uh, who to go with. Somebody who says, here's why I'm going to do two different kinds. That is number one, going to separate you from 
probably the other brokers that you're in competition with, but also just, it's just a really good idea on top of it to help get more exposure to the property. Yes, I agree with you. And one other thing that I stress with my, my team is not using lockboxes unless you absolutely have to, particularly if it's a property. In certain instances, you can. Uh, if it's a vacant property, for example, but uh, if it's a higher end property, I still see brokers using open, I'm using lockboxes all the time, even on a million dollar property. <laughs> and nobody knows that property better than the, other than the seller, than the listing agent, because you've made it your business to know it. Obviously, yeah. you need to show that property. Uh, and if uh, a seller is going to hire you specifically to do it, then you should do it and not just let someone walk in on their own when they don't understand what the, you know, the highlights of the property are. Uh, there might be a lot about that property that, that an agent just walking in, even the best agent walking in would not, would not, they would likely not know. So it's very important. And that's what separ can separate you sometimes is you say, I'm not, I'm going to be there whenever possible to show that property, uh, you know, in person. I'm not going yeah. to rely just on a lockbox because why would you be hiring me if you're going to lose use a lockbox all the time? That's they could get their own lockbox. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's it's it's a very fair point, and I know this is a debate in the real estate community, uh, probably nationwide, about should I go to my own uh, showings for for my listings. And, and some people say, yeah, m most brokers, I think, would agree that's, that's a good idea. But that's the conversation you can have with the buyer's agent and say, hey, just so you know, I prefer to be there. I can stay out of the way. I won't interfere. But I want to make sure I answer those questions so that you, uh, Mr. or Mrs. Buyer's agent, don't feel the pressure to have to know everything about this property. I'm going to be your resource. We're working together. Uh, you know, your clients won't feel uncomfortable, I, you know, but I want to make sure that I can present the property in the way that, that you don't have to feel the pressure to, to know everything. So. Exactly, exactly. And particularly if it's a higher end, larger property, it sure. becomes even more important. And you might do a lockbox on a vacant unit, even if it's higher end in the event, let's say someone is passing by and they want to see it right then and it's impossible for sure. you to get there and it's a broker who might be familiar with the property, uh, that would be a reason to do it. But uh, for the most part, uh, I try to separate myself on a listing presentation by saying that I want to be there for all the showings to sell the property rather than just show it. Absolutely could not agree more. What a, what a great suggestion. And for right now, for everyone who's not going to a showing, you could tell the other agent if they're still going with their client and you're unable to go or, or you're at a stay-at-home order, you could say, well, if you want put me on FaceTime and I'll be there and I at least can answer questions as your yes. client walks through. Um, so, but, but what a, what a great suggestion. I'm so, so grateful that you. Uh, that and you so mentioned. many people, you mentioned FaceTime and of course so many agents are using FaceTime now they'll go through the property and use FaceTime with their clients Yeah. Uh, during this, this time, especially with the lockdown. So I'm yeah. glad you brought that up. <laughs> yes, it's it's where it's this virtual world. It's funny. Um, I can always we said, can we recruit you on our team? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I I work just down the street. I'm only a couple blocks from you, so uh, uh, I'm pretty How close convenient. by. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I I've always now people who are listening can't see this, but for everyone watching, you will be able to see this. I am normally in in a in a 
you know, um, a, a, a tie and a shirt and, and suit pants. And this is, this is, it's been kind of nice for the last month that we're at stay at home, even though I'm going into the office, I can dress down a bit. So I'm actually quite excited not to be so formally dressed. Uh, Casual and fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I apologize for everyone watching this and, and, uh, seeing that I'm a, I'm a slightly dressed down, but, um, it's, uh, uh, as soon as the stay-at-home order is lifted, I'll be back to my tie and <laughs> my uncomfortable shirt and tie. Uh, but but, but jeans it, on the bottom, right? <laughs> well, that would I would love that. Um, I do get to I do bring my dog to the office, so she's underneath oh. the desk. Uh, so that's a lot of fun. But um, you know, Shen, I, I wanted to also ask. You know, you have seen so many brokers. Uh, and, and when I say broker, for everyone listening, of course, uh, different parts of the country call real estate professionals different titles. Here in Illinois, everyone's a broker. So if I say the word broker and you're like, I don't know what that means, or that only means people who own their own firm in Chicago or in Illinois, rather, that's everyone's. So I should just say realtor or real estate professional. But you've seen a lot of real estate professionals uh, start their business, become successful. I'm sure you've seen other agents struggle and, and maybe even leave the industry without having the success they want. Um, for anyone who's looking to to get to the uh, you know uh, to the next level, um, whether it's just hey, I did three deals, three sales last year, I want to get to six, or I did thirty sales last year, I want to get to sixty, or whatever those numbers might be. Um, do you have any suggestions for for what agents could do right now when we're we're all stuck at home, uh, we're not able to as freely walk around and, and, and drive around? Um, what would you suggest to, to help agents, you know, grow their business? Uh, that, is, that is a great question. And uh, the first thing I say is don't be a secret agent, which yes. I think uh, a lot of agents tend to be. You have to remember, you know, think sales 24-7. And uh, it's funny, normally, if we were not in this lockdown, I would say one of the first things is to get out to a good networking group. But I think yes. we, can, we, can, uh, we will sort of skip that right now. Yeah. And I, you know, again, I, I don't know whether... Uh, you know, I'm coming back to the investments all the time, but this is a great time to do that because you you are less likely to have your buyer, your potential buyer, have to see the property in person if you can give them a good virtual tour because it is more about the numbers right. and uh, what, you know, what the potential upside is of this particular property. So I think it would be a great time to look through the MLS, pick some great... Again, B buildings in an A plus location and come up with some uh, investments from studios to one bedrooms, perhaps to start in that 175 up to $300,000 range. You're going to find if you do your numbers with 20%, 25% down, you very likely will not have a negative cash flow and the returns are great and uh, come up with maybe four or five properties and try to link them up with some people you know who have some cash to put down, uh, maybe even more and could do a cash deal, which would be even better. And uh, I think that's a great thing to do during this particular time, uh, as opposed to somebody who's actually going to live in the property because it, it may be a little tougher right now for that. I, yeah, I think you're right. So Sharon's saying, learn, study, start studying real estate investments. You know, it's a great opportunity for you to add that to your skill set. So if you're a realtor who is traditionally just working with buyers and sellers, uh, you know, non-investors, this is a great time to add this because you, the worst thing to happen is to to a real estate agent, unless they're just so incredibly busy, they're happy to 
pass off uh, a, a transaction to another agent. But if you're not that busy, uh, what you never want to happen is somebody to say, you know, I, I actually have uh, want to do some investing. And you say, no, that's not really what I know or I do. And I have to now refer you out, which is okay, of course. But to, to spend this time that we probably all have a little bit more time than we, we have had in the past to start to increase that knowledge so that you can service those customers because you're missing out. Exactly. It's a great way you can create your own deal here yes. rather than, and I think that is so important. You can create your own deal rather than waiting for somebody who has to sell a home, which is a little tough right now, or waiting for the buyer who has to see a home because they're buying their, you know, a property for them, which uh, is a little different mindset. Of course, it's still an investment. And it's still important to focus on that, but it's different when you're focusing strictly on numbers. And this is a great time to create your own deal by doing that, where you're focusing on the numbers and matching up someone you know with a particular property downtown, pretty much like I was talking about in River North with the A, you know, a plus location B property. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, we have, so our listeners are not only real estate professionals. We also have buyers, sellers, investors as well who listen to the show. We're really uh, fortunate to, to have, uh, have a lot of listeners who, who listen to every episode. So if anyone is looking uh, for a real estate professional who has a tremendous amount of experience, one of the top agents production-wise here in Chicago, and has a team uh, as well as a company, um, a wonderful company that's supporting uh, her. We, you know, what if somebody wants to work with with you or anyone on your team, Sharon, what's the best way they should reach out to you? Well, I think they could certainly look us up, obviously through Coldwell Banker's website, sure. um, and. Uh, I can be reached and I'm happy to uh, also introduce uh, anybody to someone on my team who I think might fit that person's needs really well. We have all different age range. We're very di a very diverse team and I'm really proud of these people. But uh, my email, for example, is Sharon.Rizzo at CBExchange.com. That would be the best way. Yeah, definitely reach out to Sharon. Her team is always growing and they're doing more deals after more deals year after year. And not only that, but just the amount of information and knowledge and, and the generosity that Sharon has and, and provides to her team is well known here in Chicago. So definitely, um, whether you're, you're uh, you know, an individual looking for an agent, or maybe even you're somebody who's, who's looking to, to see what teams are offering as for other realtors, definitely reach out to Sharon to see, to see how that all happens. But Sharon, I think this is a great place for us to pause. Uh, and, and to, um, I would like on behalf of Sharon and myself to thank our listeners for continuing to support our show listening. We ask uh, always just two quick favors from our listeners. One is think of another real estate professional that could benefit from hearing this great interview you just heard from Sharon and please pass this over to them. They can always visit our website, which is keepingitrealpod.com. Uh, and stream every episode we've ever done. I think this is probably our 156th or so episode. So we have this huge history of, of um, uh, a huge backlog in the library of content that they can go through. 
But also the second thing is we ask you to everyone to please follow us on Facebook. And um, I'll explain why in just a moment. So, but you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash keeping it real pod. In addition to posting, of course, all of our episodes, we also every day find an article online written uh, by some institution designed to help realtors grow their business. So we try to provide great content there as well. Um, but on behalf of the listeners and myself, Sharon, we want to thank you for being part of our show. You are one of the when I first started this about four years ago, you were at the very top of our list um, of, of short list of, of guests that were in our dream guest list. Uh, and we're so grateful to finally uh, got you on the show and appreciate, I know how busy you are. So I really appreciate your time. And um, thank you for, for being part of it. And uh, on behalf of Sharon and myself, we want to thank again, the audience and we will see everybody on our next episode. So and thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you, DJ. It was an absolute pleasure to be on your show. And uh, I'm thrilled that you thought of me. Thank you so much. Well, we'll see everyone next time. Thank you. Thank you.